So, welcome back, or welcome maybe for the first time, to the Discipleship Challenge. We've been issuing this all through Lent, and actually this time that we live in, this time of pandemic and health crisis, makes this, in some ways, a more fitting time for this challenge. Because this challenge invites us to think about what's most important in our lives, and to invest in that. And that's always a good thing to do during a crisis. And so this challenge is extended to you, it's extended to me, It's extended to everybody, and it's a challenge to respond to Jesus' invitation to discipleship. Uh, Our mission at St. John's is to love God, love others, and say it at home, make disciples. And the lifelong journey of discipleship begins, or starts again, and some of you need to start again, including me sometimes. It begins when you're willing to pray a prayer like, God, I want to experience you more deeply. Or Jesus, I will follow your way of love. Or Holy Spirit, transform my life. If you're willing to pray a prayer like that, even with some doubt and fear, raise your hand. I see a few hands. That's excellent. Amen. Now in the Gospel lesson we just heard Deacon Kevin read, we find this interesting situation. A man who had been healed is now being interrogated by the Pharisees. Now I don't know if you noticed this when you were listening and maybe reading the lesson, But there's something going on about sight. This happens a lot in John's Gospel, but there's this whole little thing going on. A blind man, who's now healed, sees Jesus for who he truly is. The Pharisees, who are supposed to spiritually see things correctly, and who have physical eyesight, fail to see who Jesus really is. So all of that is going on in this passage. But in the midst of the interrogation... The formerly blind man asked the Pharisees the following in John 9, verse 27. Do you want to become his disciples? And over the centuries, all kinds of people have become Jesus' disciples. But they've often done so via different pathways. Pathways. How many of you ever remember us talking about this before? Pathways. Some of you will remember... But it's so vital that we're going to look at it again. Knowing your pathways and embracing them, working with them and not against them, can really open up your life as a human being, and it can propel your growth and discipleship, sometimes dramatically. So as you hear about each of the distinctive pathways, these spiritual pathways different disciples have taken over the centuries, think about which one applies to you or which ones apply to you, And then think about which ones apply to people close to you. Maybe the people there at home with you. Okay, are you ready? If you're ready, uh, make a funny face. I don't see a difference to a lot of your regular faces. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yes. So So, the first pathway we'll talk about is the serving pathway. The serving pathway. These people feel closest to God, most alive, most spiritual when they're well. Serving! (laughs) It could be stacking shelves at the food pantry. It could be tutoring a kid. It could be repairs to someone's car or their home. But for people like this, they certainly come alive with their faith. They feel like they're living their faith out when they're doing something, often practical, for another human being. Do you know anybody like this? Is this your pathway? A second pathway is the relational pathway. These are the kind of people who are wired and come alive and feel really close to God in the context of relationships. 
And by the way, this pandemic makes people who have this pathway, it's really, really hard on them because they come alive in life principally through relationships. And so whether it's worshiping, whether it's studying the Bible, whether it's serving at the you know, food pantry, whatever the case may be, all these activities become immensely more meaningful for people with this pathway when they're doing it with at least one other person that they care about. Do you know anybody like this? Is this your pathway? A third pathway is the intellectual pathway. Now, these are the kind of folks who often read the heavy stuff, the heavy, heavy stuff, like this book right here, which is the International Webster New Encyclopedia Dictionary. I am now on cue. No, I'm not. Now, these are people whose faith often will not come alive, and, or they won't even pursue faith until their intellectual questions are answered or at least taken seriously. And they often feel very energized and their faith often reaches new levels when they're thinking about great ideas, you know, from philosophy or theology, the Bible, whatever. Do you know anybody like this? Might this be your pathway? A fourth pathway is the contemplative pathway. And that's a different word for some of us, so let's all say that at home, contemplative and I'm going to invite the children in particular, though others may join in, to yell the word contemplative, which isn't very contemplative, but we'll do it together on three. One, two, three. Nobody did it. Did anybody do it? A couple people did. Oh, okay. Oh, the Lever Heidel's were like, yes. I didn't want to do it because it would deafen you if I did it. Now, the people with the contemplative pathway are often seen as being strange, even strange by other Christians. Contemplatives are often people who have a deep hunger for God's presence, who often gladly spend a lot of time alone with God or just kind of in solitude. And some of them seem to have a far greater capacity for prayer and supernatural connection with God than the rest of us. Do you know anyone like this? Might this be your pathway? Okay, and now for a joke. Now for a joke. So a boy, a young boy, was fuming. He was vigorously protesting because his mom was saying that he had to take his little sister with him fishing again. He's like, Mom, no, I don't want her to go with me again. I, you know, when we went, I didn't catch anything. And his mom said, Oh, there, there, darling, it's okay. I'll talk to your little sister, and it's all going to be fine. She won't make any noise this time. And the boy was still upset. He said, Mom, the problem wasn't the noise. The problem was she ate all my bait. Some of us have had that sister or brother in our life. By the way, locusts make really good bait, too, if you ever want to use that. Okay, a fifth pathway is the artistic pathway. A fifth pathway is the artistic pathway. These are people who feel alive and sort of, you know, things open up for them when they're creating or expressing something from their heart or their imagination. They might be musical, 
They might dance, they might cook, they might paint. But in all cases, they're people that we would call creative. And when these people can sort of connect their artistic expression with their faith, their discipleship often blossoms. And things, you know, connect for them in new ways. Do you know anyone like this? Might this be your pathway? A six pathway, uh, a six pathway is the creation pathway. And people with this pathway feel incredibly close to God or they feel very spiritual when they're outside. It could be out on the water, it could be in the woods, it could be walking across the prairie. But for people who are wired like this, it is essential. Highlight that. It is essential for them to get outside regularly. And even better if they can do some of their spiritual practices outdoors. Do you know anybody like this? Might this be your pathway? A seventh and final pathway that we'll look at today is the activist pathway. These are people who often go through life at 100 miles per hour. And these folks are sort of wired. They're sort of the most content, most happy when they're you know, involved in a whole bunch of things, often in various kind of projects, and they're on the go. And it's not they're necessarily killing themselves by being busy, though that is a danger for people who have this pathway. But that's sort of how they're wired. They're often very passionate people who organize their lives around a cause or a series of causes. Do you know anyone like this? Might this be your pathway? So seven pathways, I'll say them again for those of you who are scribbling them down or trying to remember or thinking about which pathways are mine. There's the serving pathway. The relational pathway, the intellectual pathway, the contemplative pathway, the artistic pathway, the creation pathway, and the activist pathway. So I have a question for you. Uh, do you think we all benefit from trying out, practicing, experimenting with all the pathways? If so, raise your hand. Okay, I see lots of hands. How many of you think we should not try out other pathways? Raise your hand. How many of you can squeeze your nose like this and make a very high-pitched noise? Okay. Only some of you are brave enough to do that. But yeah, we absolutely do benefit by trying out all of the different pathways. In fact, a healthy church would sort of embrace all of those in different ways. However, however, most people, including probably most of you, you're going to get the biggest benefit, the biggest depth increase in your faith, the greater enjoyment as a human being by embracing the one or two that are really your major pathways. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite you to take 20 seconds and talk with the people at home or the person at home about which pathways might be yours or theirs. If you're by yourself, you can use the chat function here on the bottom of the thing and you could talk about, hey, I think this is my pathway. Give you 20 seconds, go for it now. Or you could write some notes to yourself or just think about it. But take about 20 seconds. What's your pathway? What's the pathway of people close to you? Go for it. Remember, you can use the chat function if you're by yourself. Or write notes.
Uh, I see one person has posted potential pathways in the chat section, and somebody else is weighing in. And I saw some people at home discussing with their pet which pathways their pet might be as well. So. And as I'm looking at some of you who are posting your potential pathways, from what I know about you, I'm not surprised. Those seem like they're, they're kind of on the right track there. More people are posting. Yes, it's always good to think about uh, your kids. What are their pathways maybe? And uh, your significant other, your close friends or whatever. Roommates, housemates. Ah, yes, the playful pathway. We did not mention that. Thank you, Beth. Uh, that's her dog is the playful pathway. There is also the fool pathway, which is one that uh, I flirt with on a regular basis. Very good, very good. So we've done some initial talking about the pathways. You can feel free to keep you know chatting away there. But it's important to think about what are your pathways and what are the pathways of the people close to you in your life. Now, I have a question for you all. Do you want to know a secret? Does anyone here want to know a secret? Raise your hand if you want to know a secret. If you don't want to know the secret, raise your hand. Okay, there's John does not want to know the secret. That's probably good because it's about the boiler system. No, it's not. It's not about the boiler system. So here's the secret. Have you ever noticed in life... That there are people who, for whatever reason, their faith, their spirituality, it never really seems to take off. It just, they're not into it, or they try to get into it, but it just doesn't seem to connect in any deep level. Have you ever noticed that in anyone? Yeah? You may have noticed it in yourself. Well, not always, not always, but often the issue is a pathway. The person has not either identified their pathways or they've never made the connection that they can connect those pathways with their faith. Or the only examples of serious faith they've seen are churches or individuals that have the opposite pathway to themselves. So let's say someone is in an activistic pathway and they have always been encountering churches and people who are contemplatives. They're like, I don't want to sit around and just like pray and think about and reflect stuff. That doesn't make any sense to me. I, I, we should be going out there doing things in the world to make a difference. You can see where that wouldn't connect with them. We could also see the opposite too. A contemplative going to a church that's always busy, 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 doing lots of good things in the world. The contemplative say, well, that's good, we should be doing that, but when is the time to experience God in this sort of interior way? Anyway, you can think of lots of examples like that. So it's often the case the person has not connected their pathways with their faith. And so by leaning into your pathways, organizing your discipleship, your faith life, your whole life around your pathways... Often your faith, your spirituality, will open up into new and meaningful ways. Ways that can sustain you during this pandemic. That can sustain you during this time of crisis, this time of social distancing. And which will enrich your life when this pandemic is through. Like the blind man in this story from John 9, when you're leaning into your pathways, you will start to see things more clearly.
So say yes to being a disciple of Jesus. Amen.